Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Mobile Marketing Association hosts the AdTech Connect radio show. My name is Laura Marriott and I'm the executive director for the Global Mobile Marketing Association. Today we're going to talk about mobile marketing for the next hour and the impact the mobile channel has had on the advertising space. And today joining us we have three industry experts that we will cover across three segments. We will have Jim Manis, the Senior Vice President of VeriSign and the Chairman Emeritus of the Mobile Marketing Association. We'll have Eric Wheeler, the CEO of NEO at Ogilvy North America, Managing Director of Ogilvy Interactive North America and the Vice Chairman and Treasurer of the Mobile Marketing Association. Wow, that is a long title. Then we'll have Lewis Gump, the Vice President of Mobile for the Weather Channel and the current Chairman of the Mobile Marketing Association. So, Jim, thanks for being here today. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. Good morning, Laura. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jim, maybe let's start. Let's do a quick definition of what is mobile marketing. Well, mobile marketing is uh, an interactive engagement with the consumer, uh, both from a promotional standpoint as well as the delivery of content. Uh, and it's, So think of mobile marketing as a way to extend into the mobile channel, using the mobile channel uh, as an integration point with your uh, television, print, uh, web-based campaigns. Fantastic. So that cross-media integration is, is important. Absolutely. Fantastic, fantastic. And, and today it's a reality, right? So it's been a huge uh, change over the last number of years, and the viability of actually the, uh, of, of even thinking about the mobile channel is, uh, is here today. Uh, so when you talk about uh, promotional programs, and if you're not thinking mobile, you're missing a big piece. Great, absolutely, absolutely. So for the listener's background, Jim Manis has been involved with the Mobile Marketing Association since really its inception here in North America and was the first global chairman of the MMA. So Jim has a great background on and, and uh, understanding of how this medium has evolved over the last few years. So Jim, we're beginning to see a lot of traction by some of the major brands in the space um, with the mobile channel. Can you tell us why we're beginning to see this? What has changed over the last few years to allow this uptake? Yeah, actually, a great question. It's, um, it is useful to have that perspective. I, I really think three things. Uh, one is reach, um, two is access, and three is business model. Uh, I think those have been the predominant changes that have occurred over the last uh, three to four years. And what I mean by that is reach in this context, uh, really a change in terms of uh, philosophy by those participants, particularly the wireless carriers, about what this market is, is about. Uh, so fundamentally, they began to understand that the consumer out there is empowered today. They want the consumer wants access to, to entertainment, to news information, to content whenever and wherever they, they, uh, they, they, they encounter it. Um, the old world used to be a kind of a walled garden world where the consumer can only access that in the mobile channel through their own carrier's uh, portal. Uh, the change in reach is the carrier philosophy has now broken down those walls to that garden and have said, yes, we understand that 
consumers and, and there's a viable market for delivery of content across all carriers. The access piece of that has really been kind of the infrastructure uh, and and technology to make reach possible. So things like interoperability between different wireless networks, things like you know creating a, a mechanism to access data. So in the internet world, it's it's the uh, you know your your domain name in the in the mobile world. It's now short codes. So those things all took place over the past uh, three years. And then when you add a business model to that, then all of a sudden you have the ability to monetize that engagement. And that's really drawn in a significant investment in this space. And you're seeing that investment continue today from major brands, uh, smaller content providers, uh, now to major media uh, companies. They've all stepped up. They're hiring in this space. They're spending dollars in this space. You're seeing it evidenced by... Um, things like NBC with Deal or No Deal, uh, Nike, other Coca-Cola, you know, significant uh, promotions in this space. Right, excellent. Great answer, Jim. You talked about the monetization of the channel. Does that mean that for a brand, it is uh, mobile provides an ability for them to generate revenue, or is it strictly a brand awareness? No, they can generate revenue. So uh, the business model itself is one which does enable brands to generate revenue as part of their brand awareness campaign, if you will. So there's usually multiple objectives that the brand is is pursuing, uh, and uh, and and through that, um, while revenue may not be a primary objective. Uh, the business model does allow for revenue creation. Therefore, you have the ability to offset costs. So, you know, major brands are looking at the mobile channel as a way to to support a targeted outreach to specific demographics. And through that targeted outreach, they have the ability to actually offset costs of that campaign. Fantastic! Fantastic. So, so you know, part of that, and so part of that mechanism, if you will, is what we refer to as a premium SMS charge. So that what the consumer sees through that engagement is actually a uh, cost that of a program that they have bought or consumed, that the consumer has bought or consumed, and that cost shows up on their monthly carrier bill. So that that uh, that that ease of interaction, the facilitation of that, the convenience of that is, uh, has been a positive thing for most consumers across this country. Right. So content plays a critical role in terms of these initial phases of brand deployment of, of using mobile. Well, it, it plays a hugely critical role uh, for a number of reasons, uh, the bottom line of which is that the mobile channel's baseline engagement is all based on a an opt-in that the consumer is pulling this information. They want this information. They're going out and they're consuming this information. So the nature of the content uh, and the usability of that content is key for the consumer to say, yes, you know, I want that. Right, whether it's a you know traditional product, whether it's an engagement with a brand that might have a payoff in the form of of a discounted coupon for a product purchase, or whether the payoff comes in the form of uh, of an opportunity to win a a prize through through a promotion, uh, that type of value to the consumer is critical, and and value is tied to content. Fantastic. You brought up a, a term that perhaps all the listeners on the program today aren't familiar with, short codes. Can you maybe give us a quick primer on, on what short codes are? 
Yes. So so when you look at, in the wireless world, you need to have a common address, right? There needs to be a a common destination. Um, So a short code is an address that relates to a... Uh, a specific application or a specific promotion. It's um, it's like your phone number. Uh, if you dial a phone number, you know that if I call you, I know that by entering my phone number, I'm going to reach you. A short code is a five or six digit number that has an association with a brand promotion, a an interactive television event, uh, or some application that's driven across the wireless channel, the mobile channel. Um, with a premium attached to it, or maybe there won't be a premium attached to it. However, it's that five- or six-digit number that when I text into that number, it allows me to access and interact with that particular promotion. So that's really key, right? You have to have the, that from a, te- from a technology standpoint or simply from any type of organizational standpoint for an interactive event, whether it's our phone call uh, or whether it's a data um, uh, application, Having that access point uh, allows for the interaction, and that's what the shortcode does. Excellent. Thank you. And for those listeners who are unfamiliar with some of the terminology in the mobile space, we encourage you to go to the Mobile Marketing Association website at mmaglobal.com, where there is a wealth of information not only on case studies that have been deployed in the space today, but also educational materials to help to get you up to speed on using mobile. So, Jim, lots of, lots of campaigns being deployed today by some of the major brands. What has consumer perception been to date, and what is the industry doing? You talked a little bit about opt-in, but what is the industry doing to protect the consumer? Well, I think uh, consumer perception has been terrific. If you look at historically, uh, going back to some of the early earlier uh, implementations, take American Idol, for example. So most consumers think of interacting with a short code through a broad um, uh, uh, through a, a broad outlet like American Idol, right? You see uh, a program on the show, you have a call to action. In this particular case, the call to action is a vote. The vote goes to a short code. That is a short code. That, that is a baseline interaction. And the participation of consumers in that type of an event has been significant. You have millions of consumers across the, uh, the U.S. participating and across the world participating in those types of things. Now, that's grown. That's, that was actually a, a, an example of an early implementation. Those types of implementations uh, across the television world where you're providing reach into the living room through the mobile channel are, have now taken the form of premium inter- interactions like NBC's Deal or No Deal and dozens of other programs that have uh, uh, unique value or provide unique entertainment to the consumer. Uh, so that being one category, and there's a whole uh, set of other types of interactions that uh, enable the consumer to download ringtones, for example, and things of that nature. So what we're, we're seeing significant participation. Uh, we're seeing uh, consumer adoption. Uh, and we're also uh, extremely aware of the need to uh, create an industry that does not allow for things like spam or things which would be contrary to a positive user experience. So the industry is overall uh, organized uh, across those participants in this industry, i.e. carriers and aggregators and 
content providers and brands and media companies, and they've come together and said, here's a set of rules, here's a set of consumer best practices that we all have to abide by in order to protect the consumer in this space. And those rules are built around clear advice of charge to the consumer. So if I'm going to make an offer, then and if that offer is something for the consumer to buy, we want to make sure the consumer knows what they're being given. We know what uh, that what they'll be charged and how they'll be charged. Uh, we want to know uh, in that set of consumer best practices that it's all about opt-in. It's not about a push campaign out to the consumer uh, where that might be an intrusive event, particularly in the personalized world of mobile. So the Mobile Marketing Association, uh, combined with other industry groups like CTIA, for example, have done uh, has done a terrific job uh, the MMA came together, organized those constituencies, organized the industry around a set of consumer best practices that's designed to, uh, in this case, protect the consumer. Those best practices actually get uh, actually become a part of the contractual agreements that exist between carriers, aggregators, and content providers. So there's a mechanism for enforcement as well as um, a delineation of what is it is what is acceptable in the marketplace. Great, Jim. Great answer. And uh, for those who are not familiar with the consumer best practices that Jim has has outlined, um, they are available, again, on the Mobile Marketing Association website at mmaglobal.com. So, Jim, we talk a lot about consumer perception and the fact that the mobile channel is very much a uh, pull-based channel uh, by the consumer. We still hear a lot of rumors and rumblings, particularly not necessarily in the North American market, but from overseas market, about the role of spam. And is spam going to come and uh, impact the pristine channel that we have today? Is this a viable concern? Not necessarily in North America, but let's also talk about other markets as well. Yeah, well, I... You have to say it's a viable concern because you want to always be aware of the of the um, of the chances where spam can in fact occur. Uh, I we so awareness of the possibility of spam is a good thing. Being able to view it as a uh, as a viability is a necessary thing for those of us who have responsibility for uh, kind of managing this industry. If, you, if you're not aware of it, if you don't consider it to be a viability, then it's pretty hard to contain it, right? Now, the reality of, 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 of the mobile channel is such, though, that while spam was explosive in Europe and in Asia in the early days, their way of organizing that industry has gradually been shifting uh, closer and closer to what the U.S. market has been about. And the U.S. market has organized uh, differently than what Europe and Asia did, specifically to put barriers and put controls in place to prevent those, uh, you know, spam from occurring. Um, so the U.S. industry is organized in an open garden approach, but yet with controls and balances put in place so that the users of the mobile channel have some degree of protection and beyond protection, some recourse that if an event occurs that they did not request, then they have the ability to to uh, to seek recourse. Uh, so the change here, the difference here in the U.S. marketplace is a controlled network where aggregators certify content and 
have the uh, responsibility to ensure that the content, in fact, is delivered in, uh, to the consumer best practices um, through a closed wireless network as opposed to an open Internet network that um, – and with the notion that the user experience in a closed network will be better. In other words, the content is going to be delivered correctly, uh, the content will be delivered quickly, uh, and those things may add cost, but they add reassurance, uh, and they also add uh, controls to the point where not just anybody can get in. So, for example, if you want to use the mobile network, the mobile channel, you create an application, you submit it for approval, you, that, that approval gets, and the program then gets certified, and it gets launched on a carrier network. And that, so that process is one of control, review, uh, kind of QAs involved. And where errors occur post-launch, then there's a mechanism to go back and make sure that applications get, uh, get fixed and changed uh, appropriately. Great. So we are definitely doing the right things as an industry to not only to protect consumer privacy, but also um, the integrity of the entire channel. Absolutely. Not only are we doing the right things, but the perspective across the industry is absolutely correct to continue to find ways to, to uh, build a viable business uh, and protect the consumer. Uh, this is not about building a business at the consumer's expense. This is fundamentally recognizing that the only reason why this business exists is because the consumer is empowered and that we have the ability to, through that empowerment, provide content, data, interactions that they that provide value to the consumer. So absent value, this industry collapses. So we're, we're, we're very aware of the opportunity and, uh, and the responsibility as gatekeepers in this business. Yeah, excellent point, Jim. So let's, in our, in our few remaining minutes here, let's really quickly talk about how does a brand get engaged with the mobile channel? Who do they call and how do they go about finding um, who their initial call should be to? Should they call the carrier? Well, they can. If they do, though, they'll get referred back to an aggregator. Uh, so the business, the, the industry is built around an aggregation model, which simply means that the brand's first point of contact is really going to be around creative. Um, and after, and in and, and parallel to creative, they will find, uh, they will need to use an aggregator to provide access to that mobile channel. So there are, there's a handful of aggregators that uh, sit between the carrier and the brands. It's the aggregator's job to do things like provide connectivity and provide billing access, uh, things of that nature. But fundamentally, the job of the aggregator is to remove for that brand and that media company the complexity of the technology, if you will, in terms of the mobile channel. So the brand's engagement will be twofold. One is, uh, is first and foremost around creativity, and secondly, an engagement with an aggregator to, to uh, launch that creative application for the, um, for the brand. So the carrier, from a brand perspective, will really be a um, uh, it will not be an engagement. It'll be with their with their normal agency, uh, and it, it will be with agencies that have a mobile component to that, um, and with an extension into the aggregator itself. So it's fairly so it's fairly it's very manageable, and it involves um, you know one or two other parties in terms of their engagement, which is. Consistent 
do through other channels as well. Excellent. Thanks, Jim, and thanks for your valuable insight on using the mobile channel. I'd like to thank Jim Manis, the Senior Vice President for VeriSign and the Chairman Emeritus for the Mobile Marketing Association for joining us here today. It is time to take a brief commercial break, and we'll be right back with the Mobile Marketing Association host, the AdTech Connect radio show. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. AdTech New York. AdTech New York. The number one event for interactive marketing takes place November 6th through 8th. AdTech New York will feature groundbreaking sessions, hands-on technology showcase, advanced networking opportunities, and as always, hot, hot, sizzling parties. Hear the speakers, meet the exhibitors, and be part of tomorrow's buzz in today's digital world. From the alley to the avenue, it's AdTech New York, November 6th through the 8th. For more information, go to ad-tech.com. Ad-tech.com. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, textlinkads.com. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. Hello. <laughs> I just got a little uh, IM that said keep my energy up, so every so often I'll just scream something out. <laughs> okay, well, let me know if you want me to scream back. <laughs> You know, I guess there's a happy medium I have to find. <laughs> Maybe I should have a cocktail before the show starts. Well, that's an idea. And advise my guests to do the same. <laughs> Get totally hooked on The Hook with Katie Kepner. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Open your windows. For a breath of fresh air, webmasterradio.fm. And hey, Mac, we're here for you, too. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Good afternoon. 
afternoon. Welcome back to the Mobile Marketing Association host the Ad Tech Connect radio show. This is Laura Marriott, and I'm the Executive Director for the Mobile Marketing Association. Today we've been talking with experts in regards to the mobile channel and how mobile marketing is used by major brands. We have just talked to Jim Manis, the Senior Vice President of Verisign and the Chairman Emeritus of the Mobile Marketing Association. We'll next be talking with Lewis Gump, the Vice President of Mobile for the Weather Channel and the current Global Chairman for the Mobile Marketing Association. Lewis, thanks for being here today. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. You're welcome, Laura. Thanks. So let's talk a little bit about the Weather Channel and the role the, the Weather Channel has, um, has played in the Mobile Marketing Association and engaging the Mobile Channel. The Weather Channel has been extremely active in the MMA for the past few years, and that must mean that the Weather Channel is serious about mobile. Well, we feel very strongly about the mobile channel, and we think about it in two different contexts. One of them is, what can we do for mobile consumers alone? And secondly, what can we do for consumers across platforms, including those who already are uh, regular um, uh, uh, consumers with weather.com and also the weather channel itself? And so it's a very powerful medium. I think the timing now is really interesting because we've been trying to build this business for a few years, and, and we're we're seeing some very significant results at this stage. Fantastic. Can you comment a little bit about what areas you're involved in in mobile? What is the mobile offer to the Weather Channel consumer, and how do they go about accessing that? Sure. Well, I'll comment on that uh, both in terms of the consumer and then how we go to the marketplace because it can get a little confusing these days. With the consumer, what we know is that uh, there are a number of different use cases for uh, mobile consumers. Uh, one of the most obvious is the business traveler, a person who is sitting in the uh, LaGuardia lounge waiting for the plane to take off, uh, or the person who is traveling from city to city, let's say, you know, uh, San Francisco to Sacramento. And then in addition to that, you have uh, people who are outdoor enthusiasts, people who are golfers, skiers, boaters, tennis players, hikers, and that sort of thing. And, and literally, the quality of their days and weeks depend upon their planning. And so this is very uh, relevant for them. And then what we try to do is look at the mobile platforms. And in our world, there are four. And we try to keep it really simple and then use these as tools to deliver the appropriate result to a consumer. Uh, the, the one that has the broadest reach is mobile web. And that is essentially, uh, in some respects, uh, similar to weather.com on a phone. But then it's different also in the sense that it's smaller screen, it's uh, more personal because of the presence of the phone, etc. Uh, in addition to that, we've got uh, video, which uh, goes back to our heritage. Uh, clearly, text messaging is adopted by tens of millions of uh, consumers. And then in addition to that, we have a product called a download, which uh, gives a very robust experience, but tends to be uh, less widely known than the other three. Great. And, and maybe talk a little bit about how you're bringing these to market. Absolutely. So, uh, once again, when we think about uh, the products, we try not to think in isolation for mobile. Uh, but on the other hand, there are some direct mobile channels. And one of the most common ones is through the wireless carriers. So whether you're working with one of the, the uh, largest ones like Singular, Verizon, uh, Sprint, T-Mobile, or even the more uh, regional players like Altel or U.S. Cellular, uh, still consumers have an active relationship with those wireless carriers. And so we work very closely with them to make sure that consumers can find our content when they want to do that. 
And then in addition to that, uh, if you go to our website, and, and by the way, other major media companies like ESPN, CNN, Fox, etc. are doing very similar things, what you will see is that we have a mobile section on uh, weather.com where consumers can go discover what they want, either by product type or by uh, carrier. Great, Lewis. So you, you alluded to something that uh, we talked with Jim Manus earlier about in detail, and that's the need to truly integrate the mobile channel into your cross-media campaign. And it sounds like the Weather Channel is doing that similar approach by integrating into inter- interactive. Are there other, other areas where the mobile channel is integrated into traditional media types? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we started the Weather Channel in 1982, and at this point it reaches about 89 million homes. So just about every uh, uh, American has access to that. And so we've uh, done things ranging from uh, having a kind of a voting uh, uh, component of uh, programming to doing promotion for the mobile products. And that, that really is good for everybody because the consumers learn about products that they may not know about the um, uh, the carriers or distributors see a lift in volume, and of course, we're able to build the business. One point that I would make is, uh, you know, from time to time, I'm asked, hey, is this a marketing effort or is this a real business? And and uh, we are very firmly uh, focused on uh, making this a, a very successful and thriving component of our business. Uh, it is profitable today, but it's uh, really in its relatively early stages, and we expect to see a lot of growth. Great. Fantastic. So, Let's talk about some of the cool new services that the Weather Channel has brought out. Um, One that I love that has just recently been announced is the Hurricane Tracker for Mobile Web. Tell us about this service, and why did the Weather Channel choose to bring this one out? Well, thanks for asking. I have to confess that this is one of my favorites as well. It's something that we know that consumers uh, come to the Weather Channel for multiple reasons, some of which are day-to-day planning. But when we uh, uh, really see uh, a ton of traffic and usage is when severe weather uh, uh, threatens uh, some portion of our audience. And when that happens, we want to bring the most relevant information that we can to consumers. And so we've uh, recently taken the hurricane tracker that's been available on the Weather Channel for some time and on uh, weather.com also and just extended it to the mobile platform but done it in a way that it's uh, easy to consume and easy to access on a screen. And, and one thing that I would add here is that you know up until about two years ago, mobile was a, a fairly interesting platform, but uh, you know it's hard to get it fast enough and uh, a lot of consumers didn't know about it and that sort of thing. But we're seeing a convergence of factors here. Number one, the handsets and the networks are much faster. Uh, uh, secondly, uh, many more consumers know that they can do something with their phones other than make a voice call. And then last, but far from least, uh, we're seeing some strong interest from the advertising community. And so as we find a way to monetize this and have consumers say, hey, you know, this is a really good service, and ha- have advertisers say, you know, this is an interesting and legitimate platform, all of a sudden companies like the Weather Channel can really invest. And, and the Hurricane Tracker is an example of that investment. Great, fantastic. And, Lewis, you made a comment about consumer education and that consumers are now understanding more about their device. Given the uptake of the number of consumers now using their mobile devices and the mobile channel, are you receiving, you know, a a higher number of queries and um, comments from the consumer about their mobile experience, or has it been fairly seamless? 
Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of the uh, experience is very uh, intuitive for consumers once they know that mobile web is there. Uh, we uh, have not seen uh, a ton of uh, comments in terms of the products themselves. Sometimes we'll receive uh, some questions. I would say we've seen a uh, some amount of increase just as the usage has increased, but it's been either proportional or, or maybe a bit lower than that. And so uh, a lot of this is just when you discover it, it's, if, if we're doing our job, and if the products are, are both intuitive and useful, then consumers are going to figure it out uh, pretty quickly, and from there it just becomes a part of their daily lives. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that's, that's good to hear that consumers are adopting en masse. Let's talk a little bit about, you made a comment about mobile advertising. What do you, let's talk industry perspective, and let's put Weather Channel aside for a moment. What do you see um, the role that mobile advertising is going to play both in terms of driving industry development forward and then specific to the Weather Channel? Sure. So on an industry basis, uh, and a little bit of history here, uh, some of the folks who are involved in the Mobile Marketing Association today actually were part of uh, uh, founding a group called the Wireless Advertising Association in the late 90s. And there was this uh, great excitement about the mobile advertising marketplace that was going to come in 2000. And as many of us know, it didn't quite arrive then, although some of the seeds were planted. And so what we're seeing is the promise of mobile arriving now uh, in uh, you know a time frame that was a bit different than what uh, uh, some of us thought at the time and hoped for at the time. But still, it is absolutely for real, and it's going to transform the way content is offered on mobile devices. Uh, you know, if you think about the various types of media outlets uh, that are jumping in now, I just saw an article uh, recently about Washington Post jumping in. Uh, Time Inc. Uh, is uh, participating. Uh, you look at uh, just about any major group. Discovery is very active here. All of them are going to uh, uh, have very compelling content in the marketplace, and they're going to have to find a way to justify that within their companies in terms of how they can invest in the platform. Uh, and, and my uh, comment on this would be that advertising is going to be a critically important component of making that happen. I would also say that, you know, in some circles you'll hear that advertising is going to be the only uh, business model, and I don't think that that's the case at all. I think uh, uh, as with just about any other medium, whether it is magazines or cable uh, or other, you're going to see a mix of uh, subscriptions and advertising, but ads are really going to bring a lot of the content providers with great material into the mix, and that in turn is going to drive consumer adoption because there's more value there. Great point, Lewis, great point. So the consumer will have access to richer content given the ad-supported model. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, I, I, I get a question also from time to time, hey, uh, what do consumers think about ads? And uh, actually, I was just looking at some consumer research this morning. Uh, we talked to some folks who are using our products, and uh, one of them said, hey, you know, we understand that this is the way media companies make money. And so we work on the assumption that consumers are, are smart and they understand that this is about building a business. And as long as we as an industry, and this, this is really an industry comment, are very respectful of consumers, and we follow uh, standards which have already been established and, and well circ circulated and will evolve over time, uh, we're going to have kind of uh, uh, the best of the worlds between having good content uh, and also compelling advertising that is as relevant as possible for the consumer. 
Excellent point, Lewis. I think as an industry and the Mobile Marketing Association alone, we're doing a lot to protect the pristine nature of this mobile channel, to keep it spam-free, to have consumers control a pull-based experience or an opt-in-based experience. That's a a great point. Let's talk, uh, Jim brought up a a walled versus, um, the walled garden versus the open garden approach this morning or earlier on on the segment. Let's talk about on versus off deck, and is the Weather Channel um, offering services in both? And actually, maybe for for the listeners' benefit, let's also define what on versus off deck means. Sure, Th- these words get thrown around a lot, and you know, at a at a certain point, uh, people who haven't been doing this for a while are like, "Wow, uh, I feel like I'm I'm in uh, jargon soup," and we certainly don't want to do that. The terms on deck and off deck are particularly important ones because they help to define the landscape for the way content providers uh, uh, approach the marketplace and the way consumers find the content. On deck means uh, through a a carrier offering. And typically uh, what happens there is uh, a media company or a content provider other than a media company will uh, work with a wireless carrier. For example, weather. Uh, the wireless carrier will have a weather section and then a consumer will be able to go to that section and find content from the weather channel or sports and find content from ESPN or news and find content from CNN, etc. Uh, secondly, and this is uh, available to a broader audience for, I think, pretty obvious reasons, um, off-deck means that uh, content is available outside of the carrier portal that is provisioned. And what that means is that if a consumer types in, you know, weather.com on a BlackBerry uh, browser, or they uh, uh, have their standard phone and type in the same thing, that they can pull up uh, a website that uh, provides useful content. So the content can be the same, but the access is different. One is through the carrier-provided portal, and one is through a a more uh, open and, and a broader environment. Um, and, and what I think you're going to see, back to your original question, is that uh, both are going to happen uh, and both are very valuable. I think consumers are going to find a lot of value in a, a simplified environment for trusted content that is provided by their wireless carrier that they already have a relationship with. And at the same time, a lot of consumers are going to say, hey, I want to go directly to whatever it is that interests me. So if you're interested in you know, uh, bluegrass music from... Um, uh, let's say the Chicago area, probably you are going to find that on a deck. But on the other hand, there could be some very compelling content, and if you know where to find it, you just type that in and you, and you go to get it. Great. So, again, providing maximum um, opportunity and access to the consumer. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you've been involved with the MMA for a long time. For those listeners who are not aware, Lewis was the vice chairman of the Mobile Marketing Association last year as well as the treasurer, global chairman this year. What do you see as the most significant development in mobile marketing over the last couple of years? Uh, I, I would say it's the arrival of a, a sizable consumer audience. Uh, today, uh, when I think of where we are in a timeline, uh, I think that simultaneously we are in something new and also something that has happened many times before. Uh, the new part is that 
for the first time, we have millions of users, and, and by, you know, you can look at measurement firms in metrics or Telethea, and they'll tell you that today there are 20 to 40 million uh, mobile web users. So no longer do consumers just look at their phone as a place to make a voice call. And you can look at the numbers for text messaging, where you have 80 million or so, and you may have discussed that in the previous segment. Uh, so the arrival of the audience brings all sorts of, of new opportunities. And at the same time, uh, the development of a market as described, let's say, in Jeffrey Moore's Crossing the Chasm or you know, many other books and many other personal experiences is something that has happened over and over and over again. This is not new in that respect. And so I think our goal there is to learn from the past, for example, to learn from some of the pluses and minuses of the Internet rollout, to learn from the pluses and minuses of the cable rollout, et cetera, and say, what can we do to make this the best possible environment as we reach literally hundreds of millions of consumers over time. Fantastic point. And I think for all the listeners who are not familiar with engaging the mobile channel, I encourage you to go to the Mobile Marketing Association website at mmaglobal.com to get educated on what uh, power and opportunities this channel can bring to you and your campaigns. So, Lewis, in our remaining few minutes, just you know, one last question. If you were providing guidance or counsel to a new media company or a new brand looking to get involved in the space, what would that be? Sure. Um, I I would have three things to say uh, on that. The first one is always, always start with respect for the consumer. We have a chance to get it right. And there are uh, there used to be hundreds. Now it appears that there are many thousands of people who are really focusing on developing various offerings for this space. Uh, so I, I think that that has to be the starting place. Secondly, think in terms of sustainable business models. Uh, they're very different depending on, on companies, but let's not think about the next 90 days or the next 180 days, although clearly we have to uh, take care of business during that time. Let's think about what this marketplace looks like two, three, five, or more more years from now. And then the last thing that I would say is, uh, to the extent that companies have already started here, go ahead and expand those offerings. And to the extent that companies haven't, jump in, because the only way to make this happen is to start getting some experience. And sure, you want to think about it, but at a certain point, you have to start. Great, Lewis. Thanks for joining us here today. You're welcome. Thanks, Laura. We appreciate your having us. Thanks, Lewis Gump, for joining as Vice President of Mobile for the Weather Channel and Global Chairman of the Mobile Marketing Association. It's time to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back with the Mobile Marketing Association host, the Ad Tech Connect radio show. Sit tight and don't move. Ad Tech Connect will be right back. Learning how to monetize your domains, zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod, zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone, zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath, well, worthless. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search
search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. you got to work with Value Click Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Google AdSense. How do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Digimix. Ego. Machismo. Unadulterated cockiness. Fantastic ideas. Full-hearted business plans. Gut-wrenching stories. Fascinating particulars. Turn-ons and tips from the web world with host Susan Bratton. Get the whole mix. The Dishy Mix. Every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Only on webmasterradio.fm. This is Reverend Jesse Jackson. Keep hope alive with Webmaster Radio. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Mobile Marketing Association host the AdTech Connect radio show. My name is Laura Marriott, and I'm the executive director for the Mobile Marketing Association. Over the last 45 minutes, we've talked uh, to two industry experts who shared their perspective on mobile and the mobile channel. We've ch- chatted with Jim Maness, the Senior Vice President at VeriSign. We have also just finished talking with Lewis Gump, the Vice President of Mobile for the Weather Channel. We are now going to be joined by Eric Wheeler, the CEO of NEO at Ogilvy North America, Managing Director of Ogilvy Interactive North America, and the Vice Chairman and Treasurer of the Mobile Marketing Association. Wow, Eric, that is one long title. What a mouthful. Uh, thanks, Laura. I've, uh, I've been working on adding another one. It, 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 it's, in, it's in design right now. Any, any day now we'll have another title added to that, I'm sure. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, thanks for being here today on the program. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Yeah. So as the only creative guy in the group and on the program today, tell us the role that uh, mobile plays in terms of traditional or digital media at Ogilvy. Well, I think... Um, Mobile is is far un, underutilized today, and it's something that we see from a client standpoint. Is for 2007, many of most of our clients actually have mobile on the agenda as a, as an area they need to expand their programs into for 07. Where where it fits in is 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 kind of amazing because um, the, when you talk about how close and how much people care about their mobile phone, it is. Next to their keys, it's the only, it's the number two thing they leave the house with. Maybe that's number three after their wallet. Keys, wallet, and phone. And uh, people don't care that much about their computer. They don't care that much about their television, such that they have to stay so connected. So this is a powerful opportunity as a as a marketing vehicle and a, and a medium. 
Fantastic. And it seems like brands, well, in this space today, we're seeing a lot of brands and a lot of large consumer brands embrace the mobile tra- mobile channel, um, integrating mobile into their cross-media initiatives. What, what are the goals or what are the strategic objectives that a brand might have when they're looking to add mobile? Obviously, this engagement with the consumer, but, but what, el- what else? Well, I think it's interesting. I mean, there's a couple different areas where mobile marketing can easily play in uh, and be added into the the, uh, marketing mix for a client. First and foremost, people are using their mobile phones, searching the mobile web uh, and and, uh, other areas to find information. They're looking for information. They're using that time when they're when they're in transit or they're sitting or they're somewhere that, uh, when they're on the go. They're, they're searching for information. That's a powerful opportunity to market to them with relevant offers, relevant information, and even make them aware of a, of a brand or of a, of a product. That's just baseline, just like we would on the uh, internet advertising or anywhere else. Um, these are opportunities. Uh, the next level up, I think there are opportunities in um, really understanding how brands can extend their product offering into mobility. What I mean is one, one, one step is advertising on a mobile platform. The next is actually extending your offering and your product offering such that you, know, you, can, you can make yourself accessible via a mobile device. You can actually create a branded experience via a mobile device that is an extension of your core value proposition as a, as a brand and as a product or a service company. That's something that actually moves even further past um, just marketing into something that's an extension and perhaps could create quite a bit of loyalty. So this is that long sought after one-to-one dialogue with the consumer that we've heard so much about <laughs> and have been trying to achieve for a long time. I think it's going to just continue, yeah, and I think it's going to take time. I think um, uh, and. Uh, we're going to see more and more adopters, early adopters, raising their hand and saying, you know, I, I, I'm actually very comfortable transacting or I'm very comfortable um, booking a flight or, or checking my status or other things on, uh, via, via phone. Just like we have with the Internet, it's going to continue to, to, continue to rise. Um, the great thing about mobile is we're seeing, while more and more people are using it and mobile marketing continues to grow, we're still seeing click rates and response rates stay very high, which is a little different than what it was in the, with the Internet. Uh, early days of the Internet, we had very high response rates, and then quite quickly what became a, a 5% click rate was then a, a 0.5% click rate, and then a, and then a 0.05% click rate. That isn't happening yet in, in mobile, and that's exciting and very powerful for marketers. Fantastic. And would you still say we're in the early days and that might be a reason, or is it just the campaigns are so compelling that consumers are wanting to continue to uh, interact? I, I I think we're just scratching the surface uh, in terms of creativity on and, and mobile marketing now. So I can't say that these these are and, and the technology limitations. These are fairly, you know, in many cases static uh, images or uh, um, uh, lightly animated images and different things of, of uh, whether it's uh, you know WAP advertising things like that. Um, so there's a lot more creativity that can be brought into the mix. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually just. Um, there's not as there aren't as many people advertising compared to the internet. You have an, a real opportunity with uh, understanding where someone is in a process when you're advertising, what what their mindset is, and you can create some very basic but very well targeted advertising messages. And I think that's what we're seeing, um, and that's why these response rates continue to be so so high. Fantastic, and that's a great point. 
So one of the things that Jim did when he spoke earlier in the segment is he talked about interactive TV and the fact that a lot of these reality TV shows are driving a lot of consumer interaction. Can you maybe give us a couple of examples or even one great example of how mobile is being used in a, in a cross-media campaign or how a brand is engaging mobile? Sure. Um, you know, uh, whether it's just... Ogilvy's or someone else's? Oh, I get in trouble if I talk about other people's campaigns. <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's not good we, for... We won't tell. That's not good for the career. Yeah, we, as long as no one's listening. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you that, uh, you know, we, we actually um, did uh, a promotion with American Express, and we did this around Wimbledon, and we did it, we've done it around other parts of the tennis franchise that American Express sponsors. Uh, and it was a, an opt-in where people were invited to guess the winner of um, today's matches, uh, who's going to win this match, who's going to win that match, and if you guessed right, then you were entered into a pool uh, to win um, tickets to the U.S. Open. So it was a really interesting program, and in that opt-in session, we had people that were coming back. Eighty percent of the people that opted in uh, into the uh, promotion came back for what I think was 14 days in a row to, to, to vote and to guess the winner to then get a chance to win the tickets. It's really interesting when you can tie in mobile marketing, branding, um, and sponsorships, or in this case, uh, particularly an event where people are so interested, and, and, they, and they love it. They love to vote. They love the interaction uh, capability of mobile marketing. It's very easy. It's, you're do, they're doing it all the time with texting and uh, you know, responding to email messages. So that's actually fun, and that engagement um, was outstanding. American Express was blown away by the amount of people continuing to come back. That was not expected. We didn't expect as many people to come back as, as did uh, for what was, I think, 14 days uh, in the promotion. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And what we've heard a lot about in this space is that mobile promotions and sweepstakes are really driving mass consumer adoption of the channel. Um, like the, it's an yeah, easy like, way. It's, yeah. Jim's example, I mean, and, and the television show is a perfect example. That's driving the most mass ad- adoption where you have deal or no deal and the ability to, to vote and play the game or, or American Idol, the, you know, who raised, we must tip our hats to American Idol for driving the original con- uh, usage of mobile marketing. Uh, broadcast television, mobile integration is going to continue to drive adoption in, in the industry. Completely agree. Yeah, exactly. So what would, what would you say is our biggest obstacle to further growth of the channel? Is it education? Is it uh, awareness? Um, I, I think I think it is. Uh, two, those are two really good points, and I think they're they're part of it. Uh, edu- uh, awareness um, of the channel is still not as big as it should be, and and uh, at the highest levels uh, within clients and uh, at the creative side and the agency side, they're not thinking about the third screen. They should be. Uh, because, as we know, more people today worldwide access the Internet via their mobile phone than they do a computer, and that's only going to continue with the the number of people there are in the world and and the fact that they're going to be getting uh, mobile phones uh, much more likely than they will be getting they will be getting computers in in, uh, developing countries. So I I think awareness of the third, uh, of of the the mobile uh, phone as a viable uh, platform is still nowhere near as high as it could be. I think education on how easy it is and the results that you can get from it is something that we need to continue to, to uh, at the, from the MMA standpoint, we need to continue to raise those up because people don't really understand how, how absolutely if 
uh, efficient it is and how effective it is as a marketing vehicle. Um, and then the, the third area is something that, you know, you mentioned in the beginning, is creativity, that people aren't really thinking about how can I creatively add in mobile into a way that I can take something that was, I mean, that's the beauty of it, something that was static today, a, a billboard, uh, some, uh, a, a print ad with, with just with a, te- a code, short code, or anything, you now make that into an opt-in opportunity, uh, an opportunity for someone to, without turning on a computer, without uh, a lot of steps, just immediately saying, yes, I'd like to have a relationship. I'd like to be part of that message, that brand, that promotion, whatever that is. And that that's the other part that I think, um, the creative part of it that people aren't really thinking about, that immediate way just to, to hook, bring that in. That's a great point. And so where would... Where would a where would a brand or a media company go to get that creative element? Do they go to a traditional agency? Do they go to a mobile agency? Um, do they go to an aggregator? Well, I think they're going to all of them today. I mean, uh, um, uh, it's, in that in that sense, everybody's kind of getting business today from. Um, who, uh, they have they if they know someone in mobile uh, that's either at an aggregator or is a mobile agency or a traditional agency they'll go to um, whoever they know and and or closest to uh, I think um, over time we're going to see more and more of the mobile agencies continue to uh, to do what they do very well I think um, the big opportunity is for the the, the integrated agencies um, agencies like Ogilvy and others to continue to drive big ideas, big campaign ideas that fan out into the mobile channel and activate and use that channel as, a, as an activation device and, and capability. That's going to help raise awareness dramatically. And, uh, and when, we, when we're tying television and Internet advertising into, in with mobile, that's going to that's prove very powerful, which is something that maybe a mobile agency couldn't, couldn't do um, you know, by themselves. Fantastic. That was a really diplomatic uh, response, Eric. I expected you to say, Ogilvy, Ogilvy, Ogilvy. Well, come on. Uh, I, I think uh, uh, definitely uh, Ogilvy's, um, you know, has a, a brand of, uh, you know, we build brands and we, we've we got a heritage of it that, uh, you know, is, is known in the marketplace. But um, you also need to work with lots of different companies at different times. And, and in some cases, maybe a mobile agency is the right way to go for a, a specific need. Uh, in all honesty. Yep, absolutely. And as I've mentioned a couple of times on our segments today, Mobile Marketing Association website is a great wealth of information, mmaglobal.com. Not only does it contain educational tools, both on the guidelines around the space as well as case studies, but it also contains a member list. And our members are truly the leaders um, in the space and the leaders in terms of deploying mobile solutions. So I encourage you listeners to also go out and and check out that list of member companies. So Eric, let's talk about wireless media types. Um, Obviously messaging, mobile web, video and television, as well as downloads. Is there anything that um, would you counsel your clients or as an industry, let's talk about where would you encourage companies to initially play? Would you say across all wireless media types or focus in one specific area when they're just getting started? Well, um, I mean, that's a, that's, a, uh, that's a tough one because it depends on the client and, and, and their target and whether you're trying to reach someone that's a, you know, a finite target or a, a very broad target in, in terms of uh, their habits. But 
I, I do believe uh, at, at the start, just just walk, then then run. So um, get get comfortable with mobile marketing. Maybe on the easiest way, with it, which would be short codes or or uh, you know some some way to immediately um, get get some response. Uh, my my counsel would be take something today that isn't um, resp- isn't a response vehicle and make it one with mobile. Um, as you get into more advanced uh, things uh, and get into more advanced video and streaming, uh, you know, or, um, or or downloads and other things, it's a little bit more complex. You have to coordinate some things, so make sure that the value proposition is there. Make sure that you've got um, your, your technology partners in place and, and have a clear understanding of how the economics are going to work around that because it can get kind of complex. Um, first things first is just make sure that you've got a clear understanding of what your what your trying to achieve here, how you're going to measure it, um, what a clear idea of what success is. Uh, in early days, particularly with clients that are just getting started, I think you have to, you know, uh, it, it takes a couple times in mobile marketing to, to get the, the client team, the agency team together and working such that they can come up with some great ideas that actually work and, uh, and, and slowly build that over time because, um, just like in the early days of the internet, you actually um, having a bad experience with with mobile marketing can can be more damaging um, uh, than than having one that was you know uh, that was just okay. So I think we you know if you don't if you set expectations well and start small and build upon that, you're probably going to be in the best position. Yeah, that's that's great counsel. That's excellent counsel. Let's talk about demographic uh, focus in our remaining minutes, there's a perception out there that mobile is targeted best to the youth demographic, whether that's 13 to 24 or 13 to 34. Any comments around um, what what demographic group the mobile is uh, best suited for? And is this a viable concern? Uh, we just did a we, we just did a branding uh, a branding program uh, with uh, Lenovo. And that target is definitely not a teen audience, and it was phenomenal um, uh, results from a brand impact uh, standpoint. Uh, I I think again we we do need to just step back and take a look at it. You know there there are like 200 million, I believe, the number of handsets in the United States. Uh, this this is an enormous amount of people, and this is uh, across every age group, across every. Um, uh, level of, of, of income in, in the U.S. Uh, I, I think you, people immediately see responses from youth uh, and, and teens and, and so forth in the younger demographic, A, because they're probably more comfortable doing things like texting, B, they probably have more free time to uh, react and get involved in those programs. But more and more over the next five years, I think we're going to continue to see people of all ages and all demographics actually um, getting very comfortable with mobile marketing. And um, I don't know the data on the uh, the Wimbledon example I gave with American Express, but I I have to go back and look at that. But I bet you that was um, uh, an older audience than uh, than let's say thirteen to thirteen to eighteen. Okay, great, great. Case. Well, okay, fantastic. Well, final question for you: What do you think the most significant development will be for the mobile channel in the next six months? Put your crystal ball. <sighs> projection. Most important development for the next six months. It could you be know, as what, what was that? I was going to say it could be as simple as more brands adopting the channel. 
That would be well, yeah, because, uh, you know, if you were to go out a year or two years, I might say it'll be some technology advances and other things. Um, in the next six months, I, th- I think it's going, the, the, bis- the biggest thing that's going to happen and the best thing that's going to happen is uh, we're going to probably see an, an, uh, a significant number of major brands that have had demonstrable success from mobile marketing. And we'll see that both in the work we do in the MMA. We'll see that uh, at, at, uh, in publications, and we'll see um, uh, the growth of the, of, of the mobile marketing channel as, as, as actually uh, a significant and viable channel. I think that's going to pick up quite a bit in the next six months, at least in the discussions I've been having both with clients and with, uh, and with the press. Fantastic, and I believe that's consistent with the growth we're seeing within the association as well. So, listeners, I encourage you to go out and visit the Mobile Marketing Association website at www.mmaglobal.com. Thanks, Eric, for joining us here today on the program. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Um, Eric Wheeler, CEO of NEO at Ogilvy North America, Managing Director of Ogilvy Interactive North America, and the Vice Chairman and Treasurer of the Mobile Marketing Association. Thank you for joining us today for the Mobile Marketing Association host, the AdTech Connect Radio Show. This is Laura Marriott signing off.